Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. These are the Corona Dispatches. I don't know what day of Corona apocalypse it is. I don't know... Honestly, what day of the week it is today, because I've stopped paying attention. There is so much on my mind right now about the world and how the world is functioning currently and how the world will be functioning in the future. I guess it's all kind of up in the air. I mean, I've gone down the dark road of thinking we're going to be in a deep, great depression. I think something like 7 million Americans starved to death in the, in the last great depression. And, and maybe, uh, the idea of, uh, obesity in America will no longer be a, a, a factor because there won't be any money to overeat. But then I go, that's not true because we can look around and, and see the rates of obesity in impoverished areas in America and see that they're actually more prevalent there. And the way the government subsidizes food that I just don't think that will be an issue. So, so we won't come out the other side starving, I don't think. That's my hopeful stance from all of this. We will survive it and we will not be starving. There's uh, so many things to think about that it becomes hard to really perceive other things that don't really have much to do with my life. And in trying to see other points of view, I realized that my two oldest daughters are waitresses to make money while they attend college on the East Coast. They're, they're back here with us now, but when their schools were open and they were living back there, that's how they made a living. And all of or most of the waitresses, I believe, are now out of work, which is somewhat tragic. So we're going to talk to my friend Alon Hall today. I had hoped to talk to Alon on a day when we could reminisce about all the food we've eaten together and all the fun we've had together. And, and maybe we'll do a little bit of that, too. But really, I think we're going to wind up talking about the state of America and how hard this has hit the restaurant industry. Alon Hall is a wonderful guy. He won Top Chef. He has been responsible for cooking some of the greatest meals I've ever eaten. He's a wonderful guy and a dear friend, and you can find him on Instagram, at Elon Hall. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm good. I, we're on, we're recording, we're, we're diving right into this. Excellent. I had really been looking forward to sitting down with you and talking. Obviously, in person is 
always going to be, uh, uh, well, up until now, more appropriate than over the phone. But I, I had, I was like so excited to talk to you about cheat meals and all the 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 food that you and I have eaten together and all the fun we've had yeah. being gluttons and and just um, having fun. And then also to talk to you about health. And then we we arrive at today and and the the scene across certainly America, but probably the globe of the state of affairs. And I think we have a whole other host of things to talk about. Yes, to say the least. I mean, yeah, everything has changed for everybody, of course, but my profession, I mean, a majority of restaurants in the United States no longer are operating. Right. So it's something unthinkable. It's something that, you know, we've never, we've never experienced anything like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I know it's affecting different people in different ways, but you know, when we had our first big, um, big chef, uh, death yesterday from, from the virus actually. Right. What, what was his name? Floyd Cardoso was the chef that passed. You know, he's one of those people that sort of made in New York city, at least he made Indian food sort of cool. And at the forefront, he was the, the first one that sort of brought these flavors and, and, and took, took sort of the, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, this is another thing I want to talk to you about, about sort of, you know, racism in food and the way that, you know, people sort of, um, you know, are, they don't accept certain types of cuisines and, and cultures because of stigmas that they have. And he was a person that really sort of, you know, brought Indian food into this, into this different space in this country. And so it was, it's amazing what he did. And it's so horrifying that he passed because he was also such a youthful guy. He was only 59 years old you know, relatively healthy, tons of vigor, like was, you know, he, he was operating a place in, um, in India also. And so he's just, you know, it's, a, it's shocking, it's shocking. Wow. That is awful. Speaking about racism in food, just as an aside, and I know it really has nothing yeah. to do with anything, but I had never really thought about that until I looked into, um, MSG and, oh my God. Uh, and, and like, I, I was raised being afraid of MSG. Like, you know, my mom would uh, say like, that will make you sick. It will give you the flu. Uh, your father always had the flu when he would eat MSG. And then uh, come to find out it's in a whole bunch of stuff that we eat every day. Uh, it occurs naturally. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and, and then I started doing some experimentation where I just went down to the Asian market and bought some MSG and started putting it in stuff and it's delicious and didn't make delicious. me feel sick at all. No, in fact, it has, it's, I mean, there's so much, this is the thing I really want to talk to you about. So I'm glad we're talking about it, but MSG is one of those things that it just has the stigma from from back in the day, it actually stemmed from New York Chinese restaurants, or not from New York Chinese restaurants, but the stigma around them. And um, it was just, you know, people, just people wanting to place blame of something on something else and not doing any scientific research. It actually has about 50% less sodium than regular table salt, <laughs> which is because it's, it's one molecule of, of sodium and one molecule of glutamic acid which is the thing that's naturally occurring in tomatoes and like, you know, cheese, Parmesan cheese has so much glutamic acid in it. Right. So it's literally like, it's such a, and, and that you, it can't, you can't sort of escape the stigma of it. So many people, you know, still have this thing connected to them where they think that it's doing something to them. And they say that it causes cancer. It has all these to, to quote Joe Biden. It's a bunch of malarkey. Right. Well, I mean, the last time I had a nutritionist tell me, you wouldn't ever eat MSG, would you? And I said, yeah, sure, all the time. I don't mind MSG. And they were like aghast. And they they said, that is poison. And I said, what do you base that off of? And they couldn't cite any scientific research. They just basically said, this dude basically just said to me, this is a known thing that yeah. is poison. and. I guess at the end of the day, this is a known thing isn't quite enough for me unless I can experience what you're talking about. Yeah, this is a known thing is is that gravity exists. You know, there's a few things that can fall under that category. Well, you can also drop something and see gravity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you drop yeah. something, there's gravity. You eat some MSG. If you're not 
feeling sick. And, and like, obviously there is some stuff that can poison you over time and you wouldn't necessarily notice it. Like, you know, if small amounts of arsenic over time will kill you. Yeah. But you can look at that under a microscope and see that. You know what I mean? You can't look at MSG poisoning you under a microscope. No, not I mean, at all, because it doesn't. Right. <laughs> this was a great aside. I'm really glad we did it because this is the kind of stuff about food that fascinates me. Yeah. You know, I go through my life right now, and I have my my own personal concerns, and then I have concerns looking into the future certainly about how everything's going to operate. And, and, you know, at first in the first few days, I was like, well, this, this is just, nothing has actually happened. Like, let's pretend this is a holiday where we all just stay home. What has occurred? But every day that goes by, it becomes more and more real that I think a lot of the businesses that we we're accustomed to are going to disappear. And my personal fear, like I, we could just, I could just be super selfish and personal and tell you that my personal fear at the other side of this is that we're only left with McDonald's and the things that were able to stay open because they had drive throughs and because their food is manufactured in such a way that it's so cheap that they can continue manufacturing it at that, at that point. And because the economy is so suppressed that at the end of this, people will still be able to afford um, that really inexpensive food. Like that's my, that's where I go. But then when I try to put myself into the headspace of another, I go like my, my oldest kids are waitresses. Um, yeah. As, as they go to school yeah. on the East Coast, that's how they, you know, that's how they make a living. That's yeah. gone. I mean, this is, that's gone. I mean, this is, this is displacing, I think last week, 3 million people filed for unemployment. And, you know, you have to think, I mean, I don't know of one front of house server that has tens of thousands of dollars in the bank to sustain them for, you know, for a couple of months. Nobody has that. I, I really don't know many people that have that except, you know, incredibly wealthy people. So, you know, there's there's this whole sort of giant number of people that are just completely out of work, not to mention the cooks. I mean, I know some that are still staying on to work on places that are doing takeout. But, I mean, think about the boom of restaurants in the past 12 years. Yeah. How many new restaurants have opened up, you know, with food television, you know, this is a topic that I've talked to a lot of people about, about is food television good or bad? And it's sort of this double-edged sword because it's brought food to, you know, people think about food in ways that they never have in places that they never, you never would have thought they would, you know, that it really is just sort of open people's minds. There's also been negative things, you know, lots of sort of gluttonous things about, you know, a lot of things around food network. But if you look at it as a whole, people are more aware about food and where it comes from. And the gutting of the smaller restaurant industry around the entire country, I mean, it's, it's, it's irreparable. I mean, some people will be able to stay open. Some people in some states, I think, will be able to sort of piece it together, places where it's lower cost. But New York, I mean, New York City, I don't see, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm trying to be as supportive as possible and supporting as many causes as possible. But I've, you know, so many friends that have restaurants and honestly, I, I can't see a New York City that wouldn't have 50 to 60 percent of the restaurants gone. Right. After this. I mean, we the fact is we have no we have no timeline of when this is going to be over. And, you know, even though New York City, you know, there's there's sort of things put in place where people don't have to pay rent for 90 days and mortgages are delayed. But still, it doesn't matter. There's people that living paycheck to paycheck, you miss one of them, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. And, and, miss, and think I, don't about know, five. I don't know how those, how those work necessarily, like the intricacies of how that works. Like, is it deferred? If it's deferred, when are we going to have three months, three bonus months to earn that money back exactly. to, to pay on the back end? Is it just like, like, look, I, I go, I don't really understand economics that well um i i mean i have a rudimentary understanding of it but i go um unless everyone and i'm saying from the top banks down to the bottom you know 
unless everyone takes an equal hit, I don't see how we really pull out of this. I just, I just can't wrap my head around it. If at the end of the day, we cannot produce enough to maintain our lifestyles, like, and, and we're talking about 3 million people, we're talking about 1% of the population filed for unemployment, which I believe is the biggest single filing of all time. You know, even if you do per capita and percentage rates going back historically, there was nothing ever like that. If all those people take a hit and and it's just exponential, you know, you get to the point where you go, well, the landlord's got to take a hit. But at the end of the day, the landlords, are, I would say a majority of them probably still owe money to the banks and then the banks got to take a hit. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like it has to go yeah. all the way. If it doesn't, if we don't just say like whatever this time period is, is a timeout for everyone. I don't know. how. I don't know. I mean, listen. I think we're a very resourceful, very industrious people, and I believe we're going to pull out of this in ways that I could never have imagined. But right now, I am trying to wrap my head around it. And then yeah. the projections on on sickness is like overwhelming. It's like we're just being inundated with gloom and doom and bad news, and like people are afraid. And you know, Brandy and I, while we have been cooking more we 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 typically cook at home quite a bit but there are certainly restaurants that we love and patronize we're we're trying our best to to do as many takeout meals as possible just so that those restaurants in our neighborhood have a fighting chance yeah yeah i mean it's very dark i mean like you said everybody everybody needs to take a hit on a on a on a globally everybody needs to take a hit right you know, and it's just with with different governments and capitalism and communism and socialism and all these different types of systems trying to be one people is going to be incredibly complicated. You know, it you know, things like this can, you know, there's great things happening. There's people coming together, there's people, you know, sort of banding their resources to help other groups of people. All that's great, but you know, it's not everybody. It'll never be everybody. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Right. I get pretty freaked out when I hear that Amazon is so overwhelmed. They're hiring a ton of new people. They're so overwhelmed with this quote unquote essential items that they've discontinued shipping what they consider to be non-essential items. So, and none of this is, they're still charging money for everything, Right. Yeah. And of course, yeah. that's fine. I'm not. I'm not begrudging them that. But then, at the, at the, at a time where their business must, which was already wildly successful, one the most successful company in America, or one of them, I hear that Bezos is asking for donations for something to do with paying his employees, and I'm like, what? You guys really? are. That's what I read or one of my friends told me. Who knows if it's true? That's the other really sticky point about this is I have really stopped looking at the news and really limited my time on social media. So all of my yeah. information when I get these this kind of information is coming from friends and I never know what to believe because none of it's like a headline or a scientific article. It's all I've gotten yeah. something – by the way, I've gotten a version of this six times where it's like uh, we're going into martial law. The military's coming in within 72 hours and Trump's going to declare the Stafford Act. And and I and I then go I get real freaked out and I go and look and I'm like, well, Trump declared the Stafford Act a couple of weeks ago. We're not in martial law. There's no chaos in the streets. So I don't know if whoever's sending me this text and then I write back like, I don't know if this is true. And they're like, no, I confirmed it through a friend in the military. And it's like, okay, well, just. Yeah, yeah I heard, I heard that one. I heard, I mean, I heard that one a week ago, week and a half ago. Right. And I mean, he seems like he's ready for this to be over, but doesn't, doesn't understand the way that, I mean, that's a whole other as a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, news, the thing, the thing is there's so much, especially now people are at home. So the people that, you know, write 
you know, things like that are just rampant, you know, because people are bored. So there's so much more disinformation coming out as well. I mean, thank God there's people, you know, like our, our governor Cuomo is incredible right now. You know, he's just being super, super practical, telling facts, you know, and, and there's, I'm getting calm by him being straightforward. Right. You know, it's not, he's not talking about his desires. He's talking about what needs to happen. You know, he's pushing for, you know, masks. And I, I, you know, I have friends that work in hospitals. So far, I know four people that have, that have tested positive for the virus. Wow. So, you know, one person that I was with right before everything sort of went, went nutty. I mean, on the, you know, I was with her on the 14th, no, on the 13th and she tested positive. She's okay. I mean, she's doing okay, but another friend in Florida and then, you know, another friend who's a, who's a healthcare worker here. Um, and then, you know, Floyd, Floyd Cardoz, of course, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a, just a, a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. And there's no, there's no way, you know, that the industry is going to recover. I mean, there's some people that have money in the bank, some people that are more successful than others that, you know, will defer rent, defer payment, rehire staff. You know, I mean, right now, Ramen Hood in LA, you know, we were, we were opening up a pop-up in um in new york we literally opened up a pop-up on the 13th of march that it was going to last through the end of august and um we did one last year it was really successful and we were we we did it we had an opening party on the 12th um and then and then all this stuff happened and we just you know closed shop up on that monday that was it so you know we're trying to we're trying to open up. Hopefully by the end of the week we'll be able to open up for delivery in Los Angeles. You know we're taking so many steps to really, really keep everything way above board. I mean everybody has has customized masks. Everybody has we've got tons of gloves and equipment, sanitizing equipment. You know because it's not just that you're wearing gloves that you're changing gloves. It's not just that you're wearing a mask that you're not touching your mask. It's you know there's you know. It, the safety equipment is one thing, but using it properly is the second part. So, you know, there's some people that are still closing down everything. It's a, it's a mess. It's a mess. And then we're all, you know, have to stay at home. And I'm nervous when I walk the dog or take my son for a bike ride. That's also the thing is like not really knowing, is this, a, is this an invisible mist that's everywhere outside? Or is it just in a cough? And then whatever that cough landed on that it exists, like there's just not, I mean, I've heard both things. Like if somebody who has it sneezes, which I realize is not a um, a symptom, I've read the CDC's website a number of times and I talked to an infectious disease guy and, but people sneeze, you know, especially people with stuff living in their sinus, they sneeze sometimes. And if, if a person with this sneezes, that at that instance, it can become aerosolized. And then how long is it floating in the air? You know, um, we don't know, but I have, I, since the beginning of this, it, it's fine to think everything should be shut down indefinitely. But if we just think about like the, the necessities of survival, I suppose electricity in most homes is not vital to survival. Uh, however, water is water is, and then food is also like, how long can a person really go without eating? Uh, an obese person can go longer, but like a, a a relatively or a statistically normal American who's probably a little heavier than the rest of the world. It's a couple weeks. So it, the idea of shutting everything down indefinitely is not workable. Yeah. And then I think about the people at the grocery stores, keeping the grocery stores open, the people delivering food to the grocery stores, and then the restaurants that are clawing their way to to get food to people. That's, you know, I hate to say it like this, but I haven't had to go to the doctors, thank God, and I'm touching wood, and I know a lot of people have. The doctors really are the absolute front line of this COVID-19 outbreak. They are, they are touching it every day. And that is really to be commended. The next line is, is the people handling our food. And because they are coming in contact with way more people than anyone else, other, other than the doctors who are knowingly coming in contact with this thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I I tip my hat to the people who are making sure that we're fed through all of this. Yeah, so am I. I mean, my worry still, though, is the people that aren't taking it seriously. 
because because it's an unknown, we need to do everything. And there's still, I mean, New York, New York has the highest amount of cases by far in the United States. And I'll go, I, I went with my son, we go to a, an abandoned parking lot to ride his bike around right now because there's less people there or there's nobody there right now. Um, and there's still people just walking around like nothing's happening, getting groceries. Everybody's barehanded. I mean, we have, we have gloves, we have masks because, you know, we, we had an extra or, or this and that, but we, I always have gloves around because of the restaurant. And so, you know, we're hyper aware. I mean, maybe we're, maybe we're over the top, but because of the unknown aspect of it, we're just, you know, I'm not a hypochondriac, but I'm just, we, this is unknown. This is unknown territory. I want this to be over as quickly as possible. And I go to the supermarket, not even a supermarket, but just a little market around the store. And like, you know, half the people are completely suited up and half the people are just sort of nonchalant, you know, texting, touching, grabbing produce, bare hands, you know, tasting things. I have a friend who texted me say that some guy was just taking grapes straight out of the, the, the bunches of grapes and just eating them. I mean, I would call like, foul to that even if we weren't in the middle of a, of a, a contagious outbreak. I would I agree. Would. Agreed. I mean, people are spitting on the street. I, I don't know if I'm just noticing it more, but people are spitting on the street like I've never seen. Yeah, it's that clearly is a way to spread it. I mean, it's just, oh man, it's. I don't get stressed out about things like this, and this is just stressing me out because it's just, it's just delaying whatever, whatever we should be doing. Not enough people are doing it because it's just dragging it out. People are so, you know, people live on top of each other. People live so nearby, and the weather's been pretty good lately, also. So everything sort of compounded together it's that sort of uh you know perfect cocktail for this i mean it's just it, the thing the thing about it that that bugs me about the people that aren't taking it seriously it's like me and all my friends have closed all of our businesses right and we've done it for the safety of the country and the world and the people that aren't taking it seriously they're just making what we've done useless or not worth not worthwhile you know we we've we've destroyed our industry is destroyed because because of this thing and the people that aren't taking it seriously it's just it's it's all in vain you know opening up so that you can do delivery that seems like a proactive thing that you know cuz i i just go like what can we do in these times for me in my day-to-day -day life I don't know when the next production is going to be allowed to go into production. You know what I mean? So that I'm not even really yeah. thinking about that, but I am thinking about what are some of my secondary goals. And it's like, okay, I can get into my physical and mental health. And like, how do I keep myself sane in this time? And how do I keep myself active, especially with seeing my, just my steps drop dramatically going from, you know, an yeah. average of 12,000 to an average of 1200. And I'm like, yeah. well, maybe it's just that I'm not carrying my phone as I walk from the living room to the dining room. You know what I mean? But so, yeah. so my, my version of being proactive is like trying to set a schedule that I keep and within it, it has the food I'm going to eat and the exercise I'm going to do. And for you, I imagine the, the proactive is like figuring out how to make this pop-up delivery. Like that's a, that's a huge deal, I think, because that gives you a fighting chance coming through this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, to me at this point, it's not even about, you know, me or the business to me, it's about our employees. I mean, you know, if I've been, I've owned restaurants that have continually lost money. And the only thing that's important when you're in this position, you want to, break even or do a little bit. I mean, it'd be great to be incredibly profitable, but it's so hard for a restaurant to do that. So, you know, a lot of restaurants goals at certain points are to break even so you can pay the staff, you know? So that's honestly, in my mind, that's the only goal right now is that we make enough money to be able to support staff and stay, stay sort of neutral because we're not going to No, I mean, Nobody's being profitable there. I'm sure there are some people, but we're definitely not going to be profitable from this, but we can hopefully just sustain some number of staff so we can keep our business going. I mean, we've been closed for two weeks, um, almost two weeks. So, you know, it's really just trying to, trying to maneuver, trying to maneuver through all of it. And another thing that's been, I can't, I don't want to say any of this is a blessing, but right now, 
all the purveyors that sell to New York restaurants are. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. ...are all doing home delivery. So you can you get access to insane vegetables, insane protein. I mean, I'm getting a box tomorrow from DeBraga Meats, and um, it's like $150 for like 15 pounds of some of the most beautiful meat you've ever seen. Wow. Dry aged strip loins, ribeyes, ground lamb, just all this amazing stuff. So there's, there's, you know, there's some silver lining to this or, or that, you know, I'm cooking my ass. I'm, I'm cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my family, which, you know, only when we're on vacation, something like that happened. Well, um, uh, listen, I'm really glad you brought this up because it reminds me of a concern I had early on and and that is i have spent a lot of time in new york in the last 20 years i've 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 done movies there i've been stationed there for months at a time i've got a lot of friends there and what i will say is and i'm not worried about you obviously i know you will figure out cuz i've seen you turn you know orange peels and you know uh soy curds into something delicious. So I'm not worried about you finding something to eat, but I will say for all of my other friends who aren't professional chefs, nobody I know cooks at home in New York. The kitchens are, I mean, maybe a, an egg, you know, but yeah. like, the kitchens are absurdly small. They're not really set up for, for families, even, even the families I know, a huge percentage of the way people eat is eating out. So this, so that was actually a concern at one point was like, what do all these people do if they all have to start cooking? People are going to get creative. <laughs> they're going to have mean, to. They, they are. I mean, listen, I know, I know people that, you know, a lot of people that live in Brooklyn, they have access to rooftops and some people share charcoal grills. So I've seen tons of roof, rooftop grilling. I mean, I've been doing a lot of grilling. We're fortunate enough to have a yard. So we, you know, we have a proper kitchen, we have, we have a proper grill outside, but I mean, you know, lots of people are getting, getting creative. And I mean, listen, I lived, when I first started cooking in New York, I lived in a very, very tiny apartment and I still figured out how to cook stuff. I mean, I wasn't really cooking that much because I was working full time, but you know, you, yeah, but you are not a fair people. example, Alon. I, I know, but, but what I'm doing, what I'm doing right now is I'm just, not for not, not to give people recipes or anything, but I'm posting every day, which I never, I mean, I very rarely post sort of food content all the time. I'm just, I'll do like one dish or two dishes and I'll just try and sort of break it up on my stories of just 
really, really quick elements of what you're supposed to be doing. I don't mean, I don't know if it's helping anybody. I think it's more fun than anything else, but I'm literally just taking whatever's here and showing saute this, add this, add this, add this, deglaze with this. You've got to saw. Well, I think that's very valuable, man. I, I really, I really mean that. I think, look, Brooklyn's a little different. I guess when I really rack my brain for the people I know who live in Brooklyn, they have real kitchens. I'm more speaking specifically about Manhattan, like the dudes who are in Manhattan who are now, I know, reliant entirely on food delivery. What happens if that gets stopped and those guys have to figure it out for themselves? I'm not, I I don't think anybody's going to starve, but I think what you're doing where you offer up ideas like that for a, for somebody who's never cooked for themselves, that's that's beneficial. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think the internet is a treasure trove. I think you can go on YouTube and literally find a way to cook anything. Anything that's been cooked is exists there. So, you know, I mean, I've been sort of living my life off of YouTube, not recipe-wise, but just, you know, I've become a handyman in our house because of YouTube. It's given me that opportunity. So I think that the fact that the internet's still on is very important where, you know, in the past people rely on it for everything. This is a time where it can really help people. You know, there, how many videos of somebody cooking in a tiny apartment? I mean, I'm sure there's 80 videos that are of good quality of showing people what they can do with very, very small spaces. I mean, that's honestly, that's, that's those, I mean, I don't want to harp on this, but that my, my top chef audition video was me cooking something out of like leftovers in my tiny, tiny New York kitchen. That's awesome. So it's like, I mean, I have a little bit of, a little bit of experience, but you know, just, a, just really, a little bit of, of just a, a little bit, especially cooking <laughs> under like high pressure situations Yeah, yeah with, yeah. with limited ingredients. <laughs> you know, you don't get to spend all day thinking about this thing and you have to throw it together. Just a little bit of experience with that. <laughs> content like that that people can look at is helpful like for me anytime i'm kind of like starting to feel overwhelmed by everything by the way it's all kind of just in my head right now i understand for you you actually have people in your life who have been directly affected and and a guy passed away and that's really really awful. I haven't had that. So I sit in my house and just think about stuff and my mind goes to these really dark places. And then I have to snap out of it and go, what has objectively changed? And then I have to go, what has happened and, and kind of work my way through that. And, and yes, stuff has happened, but like, I think it requires more determinism towards figuring out solutions than sitting and wallowing in what a problem we found ourselves in. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, none of us know how to solve this other than the, the recommendations that have been given to us. So, I mean, it's, it's like with, it's like with anything, you really have to focus on your world. So the things that are important to you, the things that, you know, keep your mind clear, that's what you do. I mean, you found something which I know everybody's congratulating, but congratulations on, I mean, the transformation is incredible, just incredible. I mean, the, 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 the focus that you've put into it and how it's become, how it's turned into this podcast and how, I mean, I think you're helping so many, you're helping me. So thank you. But I mean, you know, really sort of focusing on your world and focusing on how you can control all the elements in your world. I mean, you, you talked about it, um, I forgot who you were talking to, but it was a few episodes back, but how, you know, you really just need to hone in on, on your plan that the plan that you can stick by, because it's not a diet. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a plan. It's a, it's something that you can control and something that you can progress at and you can see your progression. So anything that does that to you, to me right now, it's just freestyle cooking, you know, right? it's, so, I mean, that's, that's what I can do to sort of keep my mind together because, you know, this is an opportunity that I've, I've never had to just be in one place and cook and have people eat it three meals a day. Yeah. But I also think when you're thinking about your employees and how to keep them busy and employed, 
that's yeah. super vital. And like the, like, I don't know what happens when this is done. I don't know what the world is like when this is done. Who knows? Nobody can know that we get predictions, but, but nobody can know. And so being proactive right now, you know, Brandy, her business, all she's doing is trying to figure out how she can give her employees something to do from home online that will keep not the business running. Cause it, it really looks grim when you start to factor in rents on the spaces she has, but just so they can continue having uh, money, you know, yeah. um, yeah. to live, you know, I mean, like, uh, like you said, I don't know many people who have enough to just indefinitely weather a period of, of sedentariness, you know, mentally or, or, or financially. I don't know that that exists yeah. on, on large scales. That is truly the ultra wealthy, um, who I think, you know, aside from the handful of, uh, CEOs and senators who have done nothing but made a fortune out of this, they're feeling uh, a kick in the nuts too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm also, I mean, yes, it's, it's something that we have to sort of keep thinking and figuring out. I mean, Ayami, I, you know, personally we're okay because, you know, Ayami's still working from home. You know, she's still working full-time from home. So she's still, I mean, she, she's working for American Eagle right now. And, you know, they're all, they had closed all their stores. So, you know, nobody knows the future of retail. I mean, you know, we're, we're thinking about restaurants right now, but just retail stores in general. Yeah. Just do not exist right now. You know, I know things have been going to online, but maybe this is the thing that kicks it in the ass and just, you know, actual store experiences. Maybe they're over. Who the hell knows? Right. Or they're over in the way that we know it. Well, I mean, and then that's the really, you know, that's the scariest thing that, that I think about. I mean, you have a young kid, Grace is 12 and I wonder, you know, and I keep, I can't believe Grace is 12. I know. (laughs) It feels bizarrely old. She's up here. It's her birthday on Saturday and she'll be 13. Oh my God. And we keep talking about doing a zoom party, which is just tragic for her life. And (laughs) Yeah, I, You know, I keep, I keep saying all the stories I've told you about my adventures throughout my life. Nothing approaches what you're living through right now. This is oh. the most historic thing that's happened, you know, since like World War II, really. I mean, well, well, uh, it's funny you say that because I spoke to my grandmother who's 101, still around. She lives in Queens. And I asked her, I said, sort of at the beginning of this, I said, you know, this is, or maybe a few days ago, time is a little bit blurry right now, but I said to her, I'm like, listen, you know, you escaped Vienna when you were 19 years old, left your parents, you know, you lived through this war, you, you, you know, you saw sort of what it did. Her parents were, you know, her father, her mother was killed and her father passed away in a, you know, they were both in concentration camps. And I'm like, have you ever experienced it? She goes, nothing like this has ever happened. She goes, this is so different than the war. The war was like this slow, the slow progression in Europe. It was like this different, it wasn't this thing that all of a sudden exploded. It was like this buildup. And this was just something that happened instantly. Right. Not instantly. I mean, it took a few months, but it wasn't this, you know, multi-year political thing that, you know, wasn't this, sort of slow churn and this was just she's like i've never experienced anything like this i mean this is this is like a movie this is this is unlike anything we can imagine i mean except for the people that all predicted it like you know bill gates (laughs) right yeah i i i guess that's true i hadn't thought of it in those terms i just think of someone like your grandma waking up one day from her normal life and having to escape and and like her everything she knows is now different and she has to get out of her home and go to a totally new place and i think like that's so much worse and crazier than what we're going through um but at the same time you're right when you think about it like germany's building secrets munitions that they're not supposed to build then they take the rhineland and all this is happening over 
years and the tension builds and builds and builds and suddenly they're coming into Vienna and it's like, oh, that thing we've been watching for a while is now here. Let's get out of here. Um, and this is, this is like, I don't know when you first heard about it. I think it was like November or December that I first heard there's something going on in China and they're not telling us, you know? Yeah. Um, but who who knew what that was at the time? Not me, certainly. No. I mean, listen, you hear about, you hear about outbreaks happen in different parts of the world and you, you think about it and, you know, thoughts and prayers and it never comes, comes here, but this is something else, you know? Well, look, I mean, since we're on that subject of like stuff happens in other places, I do, I am constantly trying to put stuff into context. And the fact of the matter is something like 9 million people a year starve to death. Yeah. And that is a solvable problem. Like that's a fixable thing, you know? And yeah. so I, yeah. I go like, we weren't going to catch that here. So we weren't worried about it. But now when it's something we can catch, it's like everybody stops and goes and hides and because it could, it could get us, but there's still huge problems in the world that, that is, you know, killing a, a lot of people that we don't really yeah. think about too much. No, I mean, it's because it doesn't, doesn't affect us. I mean, I mean, you know, we can go to the obvious one, you know, heart disease, heart right. disease is the biggest killer on the planet, <laughs> you know, and that's complete, I mean, not completely controllable. You know, there's people with, you know, genetic issues and my family has a lot of heart problems. My father, my father didn't have a heart attack, but he had a triple bypass, um, a couple of years ago because he was about to have a heart attack, you know, so, and he's super healthy, you know, he's sort of a, a very fish, fish-based keto type thing and has been for years, not keto strict, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of fiber, a lot of vegetable fiber and a lot of, a lot of fish. A lot and of fish, exercises. olive oil, sounds like a Mediterranean yeah. kind of a... Yeah, soup. yeah, always. I mean, that's how I grew up. Tons of grilled fish, very, you know, little bit of meat here and there, but mostly fish and mostly salad. You know, that's really been sort of the, you know, he was a, my dad's a good cook. Um, but yeah, he's super healthy. It's just, you know, you know, there's, you know, our family, you know, both his parents died in their 50s. So from heart disease, I mean... You know, his father smoked, his mother, you know, they all smoked and drank too much. They had a terrible diet, you know, and there's things that you can, you can sort of fix, but, you know, can't always, can't always run away from fate right? when it comes to your genetics. I mean, my grandma's 101, you know, she's, she has good genetics, but she also barely ever drank, never smoked, small, eats small portions and was always active. So, you know, she was never, never overweight. She was never, she was never out of control with with anything really. And so she's still around. That has been the, the thing that I've heard repeated a few times that has really, that I've gone like, okay, yeah, that's, that makes sense just on a logical basis that right now, like what's the healthiest thing you could do for yourself. And that is like, don't smoke this, this bug oh, yeah. that the world is dealing with attacks the lungs. So smoking, vaping, ingesting foreign particles into your lungs on purpose is not a good idea right now. Um, yeah. And as far as heart disease goes, like I agree, you can't, you can't eradicate heart disease like you probably could hunger, but you could put a big dent in it. And then I just go like, okay, but if somebody, you know, the idea of urging towards health for me is, does become a little bit subjective at times. And if somebody is choosing to be unhealthy, like alcohol kills 80,000 people a year, I would never advocate to get rid of alcohol. I don't drink yeah. alcohol. My wife drinks alcohol. It's not seemed to adversely affect her life. So I wouldn't say we need to get rid of it because 80,000 people in America die of alcohol poisoning every year. So I just yeah. go like health in that sense you know, heart disease is a big one. We're not freaking out about yeah. heart disease. No. And it's killing Millions. a lot of people. Millions of people. 
I mean, listen, it's, you don't want to force, you want people to be free to make their own decisions. Just people have to be educated. It seems the trend that if the more educated people are, the better decisions they make in a, in a very general sense. Right. You know, there's always different factors that affect people's, people's actions, but you know, the more information, the better. I mean, I think one of those things, people understanding where food comes from. I mean, I think, you know, we can have conversations about, about different types of diets also, but I, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a general thought that if you eat more, many fresh vegetables, it is very good for you. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of nutrients. So, you know, wait, no, Alon, you're saying something radical. The lectin people are going to come after you. The carnivore <laughs> people and the lectin people are going to come after you. You got to be careful. That is a very hot thing advocating to eat fresh vegetables. Listen, man, I look at I look at a tiger, right? I mean, I just looked at a lot of tigers because I watched Tiger King start to finish nonstop. It's amazing. Um, But you look at a tiger, you look at a tiger's teeth. It makes sense to me. You look at a shark, you look at a shark's teeth. It makes sense to me. You look at our teeth. It doesn't make as much sense. Now, I eat meat. I'm not, I'm not advocating for people to stop eating meat. We do have sharper teeth than a herbivore. Yes. So I yes. think we're somewhere in the middle. But yes, we have teeth nothing at all like a carnivore. So, but listen, and a lot of people say that part of the reason why humans evolved the way that they did and, and how, you know, our, our brains got bigger and how we became more intelligent some people say it's because of you know psychedelic mushrooms that that or, uh, earlier primates were eating some people say that it's because of our ability to digest meat and that really sort of changed the way that we looked at things and the way that we behaved so you know that a, a lion could feed us you know not a lion I mean, i'm not advocating for killing a lion <laughs> no, but but, but mean, there's also know. we had to get sneaky. So if a lion took down a not really a lion because lions are in prides, but more a tiger. If a tiger took something down and didn't finish it, and we hid in the bushes till it was finished, and then left and left us scraps, we would go and get it. Like there's, but there's so many theories. There's no way to know. Yeah. But at the end no. of the day, I I actually agree with you. I like eating vegetables. I don't give a shit if the people who hate lectins are going to get on my case. You know, I like them. I I enjoy vegetables. They're delicious. Yeah, and they make me feel good. And from a chef's perspective, it's a lot more interesting right now for me to cook vegetables. And the reason is I feel like, you know, there's a there's a limited amount of ways that you can cook and prepare a piece of meat. You can eat it raw, you can roast it, you can braise it, you can grind it. There you know, there there are many ways, but I feel like I've had the span from the greatest restaurants to the worst restaurants of almost every single way that you can prepare many meats. That even goes into exotic meats. Now, you look at a vegetable, you can, I mean, you can do some proteins, but you can, you can ferment a vegetable. You can, you can lacto-ferment a vegetable and it completely changes its entire existence. It changes the way that it tastes. It changes the way that it feels. It changes the way that it makes you feel. You know, you can, you can braise, you can puree, you can, there's like so, there's so much, there's so much more diversity in the plant kingdom than there is in the, in the animal kingdom. And I'm involving seafood and, and, and all of it, but it's just for me as a chef right now, cooking plants is so much more exciting because you're, you're trying to get that same flavor and that same sort of unctuousness that you would, uh, you know, a piece of lamb or or a ribeye, or, you know, a braised shank, you, if you can do that with some sort of, with a vegetable, with some sort of combinations through all these different processes, most of them are ancient, you know? Making miso is, you know, such an old process, and making kalatura, which is like sort of the original fish sauce made in Rome, it's like, you know, all these different, I don't know if kalatura, I may be, I may be wrong on that, somebody's going to shit on me for that. For, well, does it require it, fish? It, it re, no, it requires fish. Okay, good. So it's not strictly vegan. No, no, but I'm, but I'm saying, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, you're right. Actually, I just, I just screwed up. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying. I love. By the way, I love what you're saying, and I, I actually see your point. <laughs> like, 
you take a really nice ribeye, you're not going to do a whole lot to it. You're not going to puree a ribeye. I mean, you know, you could go to the Mineta Tavern and have that fancy burger that I think has some ribeye in it. It's delicious, but like, you don't, that's yeah. not typically how you'd want to prepare a ribeye. You're not going to uh, turn a ribeye, you know, and I'm sure Mario Batali has some recipe where he does this into, uh, you know, a, a sauce for pasta. That's not what you do with that. You grill it, you, you braise it. I don't even know if you braise it. You cook it until no. it's barely no, you cooked, cook, yeah, and then yeah. you eat it, and that's the way you eat yeah. that. But yeah, you can take mushrooms and do a whole lot of shit with them. Yeah, I mean, you can you can take a mushroom, you can take one type of mushroom, and you can do three different things to it that'll get you completely different results, and then combine that into one dish, and you've got every expression of the mushroom that you could possibly have. You know, right. And look, you can, you can you can poach it in a in a sauce made from its like the juices that were let out of it when you fermented it. That you then you know that you then added roasted mushrooms. Like there's so much there's so much to. It. I mean mushrooms especially. That's that's one of my, those are one of my favorite vegetables. Yeah, and they're, they're just they're, they're so weird. Yeah, so versatile. If the darkest corner of my mind, which is heavily heavily influenced by Cormac McCarthy seems to come true and we come out of this apocalypse in uh the the rubbles of uh what was formerly a country and and all chaos ensues we're gonna have to know how to cook with those mushrooms yeah true i don't and th- those I don't mushrooms, really think those mu- growing 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 those growing those mushrooms is a lot easier than raising cattle i think i only i knew a dude once who had a a farm and some goats and he and he grew his own vegetables and he kept rabbits that him and his family ate and they wouldn't eat the goats though which which was slightly weird i think the goats were just like lawn mowers for them um but this dude grew mushrooms and it was really easy um yeah. i think he was not growing the kind of mushrooms that are necessarily delicious. I think they were mm-hmm. psilocybin mushrooms, but, oh, okay. I, but I'm not sure. He just was like, yeah, that's where we grow our mushrooms in that shack. And I looked and it was like just trays of spores on pieces of wood, I think was what, how he was growing them yeah. in little dishes. Um, is that, that's not yep. how they grow like shiitake mushrooms, is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a few different ways to, but yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, that's how they sort of grow in nature. You know, I've been, I've been to facilities in, in um, Pennsylvania. I forgot the name of the, the town, but I went to a mushroom festival that they have every year. And we were able to go into like the facilities where they grow. And it's unbelievable. They're almost like the things that they grow on are almost like a common, like some sort of texturally, they feel like a cross between like wood and a sponge. It's just enough to like sort of hold, hold the moisture, hold the spore, hold, hold it all. And then it's amazing. I mean, growing like king oyster mushrooms or oyster mushrooms are, are relatively easy to do. And they're delicious. Tons of, tons of good stuff. All right. Alon. Supposedly they, they help, help, help get rid of prostate cancer or prevent it. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Right. Well, I, haven't, I haven't read all the medical journals on it. But We'll have to ask the lectin people if that's true. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, what can you recommend to the folks who, you know, patronize restaurants who who um you know certainly and especially guys like you who are thinking about health a a lot of a lot of what you do is thinking about health i know you and i have done some deep dives on just delicious food but you are also interested in health and and i I just want to know what we can do or what you suggest we do during this time that we can obviously everybody's feeling this but to ensure that those people who are on the second front lines providing us with food get to I mean, get, get through this. Yeah. You know, if you have places that you frequent, if they're doing delivery or if they're doing pickup and you're, and you're confident that they're being safe, then please support them because, you know, the industry has been completely, completely destroyed. So really order from your favorite places. Um, if you can buy gift cards, buy gift cards because then you can use them in the future. That'll really, really help. I mean, so many people are, even if they didn't offer them before, are doing them now. Um, also, another thing, if you find out, if you have any chef friends or restaurant owner friends, if you find out that that purveyors that provide food and products to restaurants are doing 
are selling right now, those are the lifeblood of restaurants also. I mean, you know, it's this, it's this entire food chain. So by supporting people like that as well, you can get incredible deals right now on some produce you've never seen in Whole Foods or anything like that. Produce, seafood. I mean, I can get Hokkaido uni right now. So uh, like, how do they get a hold of those people who are who are, are like the guys in New York who, you know, all the restaurants have have certainly scaled back and they've got all this produce that's you don't want it to go to waste. Is that is that somebody that people in New York could reach out to to get stuff delivered? Yeah, I mean, uh, Instagram, we're, we're doing it. I mean, on Instagram, a lot of people have Instagram pages. So I'm, I'm getting fish from Peerless, who I used to purchase fish from when I had the Gorbals here in Brooklyn. So Peerless is a fish company that is doing home delivery right now. No minimums. Uh, DeBraga is doing some sort of delivery system. Pat Frida's for these are both for meat. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Baldor. Baldor for produce. I mean, these are sort of the, the bigger guys, but these are the guys that have been really, really hit. Uh, Baldor does produce and a whole lot of other things, and they're doing, you know, case deals on things. So really, really large, large quantities of stuff. So people that like to stock up, especially right now, here's your chance. And uh, Regalis does like really high-end products. So if you ever wanted to, you know, have delicious uni in your house, serve it on some some brown rice and here's your chance i am actually today going to look for to see if there are any purveyors in los angeles that are taking a hit and see if i can get some stuff too i hadn't even thought yeah. of that yeah it's huge think about it you know huge yeah. huge huge right it's so. not all yeah the restaurants get the get the finer stuff it's you don't get the best stuff in ralph's it's it's going no. to restaurants all right, yeah, good. Well, brother, thank you for talking to me. And uh, of course, let's keep in touch. And and you know, we're gonna make it through this. And maybe on the other side, we do it again and just talk about the joys of eating. That would be great. I would love that. All right. Well, give give my love to everybody. Okay. I will. You too. So here's a question from Marilyn. She wants to talk about motivation. She says, it's inspiring on how you've overcome so many things in your life. And I'm just curious how you stay so motivated. I'm a mom of very active little boys. I work 24-hour shifts on a fire department. I've battled weight fluctuations all my life. Since becoming a firefighter and working on getting my paramedic, I've started working out. But with life, I'm just finding it hard to get motivated after work and so on. So any tips that you have would be much appreciated. Yeah. Hi, Marilyn. Thanks. That's awesome. Jeez, I don't know if you should be motivated to do anything after 24 hours on call or doing on a shift, I would say just go to sleep at that point would be my advice. I, I, I have kids also, and there can be a lot of weird traps built into kids where with food, especially. And I, I think that that was even tougher for my wife. So staying motivated, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. By the way, I didn't just stay motivated for 18 years. My motivation totally waxed and waned. And I had to re-motivate myself a number of times, but I always had in the back of my head a goal, which I am still going after. Um, and I think it was just one foot in front of the other trying to get to that goal. And that was my motivation. My motivation is also for my, my wife and my kids because I really like spending time with them. So I want to spend as much time with them as possible. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, 
and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable splash refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.